good you try to be, you sometimes ain't all that good. <laughs> Can I have a witness in the house? How do you realize that no matter how much you love God, sometimes you don't act like God? Right? How many of you realize that just because you come to church doesn't mean you still don't have a few horns on your head? They're kind of shaved down, but yet they have the potential to grow. I mean, you realize that you've been saved for a while, but yet there's still some things within you that you wish were not in you. I said all that to say this, that just because you come to church doesn't make you a good person. Right? You've heard me say it before. Some of the meanest people I've ever met go to church. And some of them have been in church for a long time. So the characteristics of Jesus Christ has nothing to do with you coming to church. Because you can come to church and never change. You can spend a lifetime in a church that never comes out of Egypt. Because you can take a person out of Egypt, but you can't take Egypt out of a person. So I understand that coming to church has to be more than you just coming to hear a little sermon. Worship has to be more in your life than just allowing them, which they do such a great job. Wow. Wow. I'm saying give them. Man, I, I just appreciate that so much. And as much as I love them, I don't count on them for my worship. Yeah, today we corporately, we come together, we worship the Lord, but that's got nothing to do with tomorrow, right? Because worship cannot just be a service. You know that the characteristics today is we worship worship, right? All the lights, theatrics, all, and, and all those things are wonderful. We should play before the Lord. We should use our skills before God. But we should never allow anyone to be our worship. Right? Listen, real worship is when nobody is looking. Real worship is where there's no sound. There's no music. There's no note. Worship comes from deep within you. When no one else can help you, that's when worship comes. Right? Who you believe in becomes very important in your life. Because I don't want to feel good experience just because I listened to a song on the radio. You know, the little love song, your, yours and your little sweetheart's little love song. It's our song. Until you break up. <laughs> then every time that song comes on, what do you do? Change the station. I hate that song. Right. So you, you got to get, you got to be careful about falling in love with a song. Oh, I just love that worship song. No, <laughs> you got to love Jesus. All right. I don't need a song 
to make me love Jesus. All right? I don't need candlelight to romance my woman. Hmm? Mm -mm. I don't even need a good meal to romance my woman. The only thing I need to romance my woman is my woman. Don't have to be any theatrics. Don't have to be, mm-mm. Just the fact alone that I love her and she loves me is all we need. I can love her in a trailer and I can love her in a mansion. Don't matter. I just need to love her, right? Come on. See, you ought to love God in the good times. You ought to love him when you're going through great blessings. And you ought to learn how to love him when you're going through your trials. And if your life has been based upon emotional responses... Then you're going to miss it. Are you listening? You're going to miss it. Because being saved, being a Christian, has to be so much more than you holding on and existing in life, just trying to be good. How's that working out for you? I wanted to bust somebody in the head the other day. Ain't that something? I caught myself going down the road, and I, I'll whoop you, and I'm just thinking, and Lisa's looking at me. Don't you look at me like that. Huh? Huh? Then you understand, I don't wake up with angels going, ooh. When I wake up, they say, time to get busy. Keep him out of trouble, right? Don't you? Some of you are the same way. See, I'm, I'm, I still have characteristics in me that I still ain't proud of, right? I, 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 I still have some room for improvement, right? Let me tell you something. When you get to the place in life, you don't think you need any more improvement in life. You are on your way down. There has never been enough sermons Worship or anything within the church that could sustain me outside of my own worship. And when you get comfortable allowing others to take that place in your life, you are on your way down. Did you catch me? I didn't get too fast, right? You caught that, right? This can never, ever be a system for you. This is a place where something is going to get you from the place of healing in your life to wholeness in your life. A place where God's goodness, because God's goodness, God is so good, he will heal you regardless of whether you say thank you, regardless of whether you ever give him your heart, regardless of whether, where you're ever thankful for it. He is simply good. He's just good. He's good to everybody. He's good to the just. He's good to the unjust. How dare you tell me that God won't, that he won't bless. Let me, he will heal a sinner. I know why God won't heal a sinner. You have lost your ever-loving mind. You still believe Jesus was born in Alabama. And know nothing about truth. Because God healed everyone that came to him. 
Why did he heal them? He healed them because of his goodness. So you have to understand that this thing that we call church should be more than a systematic thing that people come to on Sunday. Because this is where when you're under an anointing that pushes you not for healing in your life but for transformation in your life. Because that transformation means that you begin to fulfill the purpose that God has called you for. And let me tell you something. It doesn't matter how screwed up you think you are. He specializes in screwed up people. Look at your neighbor and go. You think you have problems. Look at your neighbor. They're crazy. Let's just have a testimony service right now. It's like my good buddy said, we were on that men's meeting and all of a sudden he got to listen to men testify and when it came his turn, he said, you know what? He said, I was feeling pretty bad about myself until the rest of these guys started talking. He said, I'm doing pretty good. You know? He said, I thought I was screwed up. He said, I believe a couple got me beat. Let me tell you something. God specializes in crazy people. Somebody say amen. Amen. So I'm excited about next Sunday. Not that I'm not excited about this one, but I want to lay this foundation because I'm going to break it down next Sunday. Good, because it's where I've been wanting to go. And hopefully it's going to cross over into you because like Pastor Drew, I believe 2019 can be such a beautiful year. For this church. We have to know where we're going as a people. Right? Where we want to go. What, what we want to establish. And listen. This isn't, this isn't the big eyes and the little U's. Are you listening? This isn't uh, the, the elevation of men. Right? I'm just like you. I put my pants on the same way all of you do. Unless you wear dresses. <laughs> then we do it a little different. Right? I believe red blood just like you. There's nothing special about me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm finding my way just like you're finding your way. That's it. There, there are no big eyes and little U's in the kingdom. Right? And so I want to just recap for just a moment because I, I believe that salvation is such a misunderstood thing. Now, I've seen people, it seems like their whole life, all they do is try to follow a set of rules, a set of, you know, what people expect. And there's nothing wrong with having morals in your life, right? But there's some things that people can add to you that should have never been added. Different philosophies of what it means to be saved. And so I want us to get past this point where we feel like we've got to hold on till Jesus comes. We've got to move past that because salvation is so much more. First, we must never confuse God's goodness with the wholeness that's in your life. God will heal you based on his what? On his goodness. Now, I want you to understand, where does a life change? A life changes when a person is healed, but not only are they healed, but also that they, they have this mindset 
that once they are healed, it's not just about being thankful. You understand? It's not just about being thankful. Because you can be thankful, but it does not mean that you are a worshiper. You understand? I'll explain that in a little bit. Life changes only through your own willingness to worship. Can I tell you that if you are forced in life to do something, you will always have to have the element of fear in your life to sustain that. If you love God because you're scared of going to hell, it won't work. That's not real love. If, 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 if the element of your concept of God is that you are obedient to him because you are afraid, then you will always have to have fear in your life to be obedient to him. Are you listening? That is called religion. How many of you ever been to the revival and the preacher preached hell so hot you could feel the flames flicking on your rear end? Right? How I many of you were there and then all of a sudden, you know, it was a last chat, a last chance moment? If you want to get somebody to the altar, just tell them this is your last chance. Right? And so here they come and they and, and they and they come trembling. And and, and they're before them and, and, and they're like, because I don't want to go to hell. Right? And so the preacher just beats you real good. All the saints come around you, beat you real good. Depending on how you were raised, some women get around you, start wiping off that devilish makeup off of you. Right? And so whatever the concept is of that culture, of what they believe salvation truly is. But let me tell you something. When that person gets up from that altar after they have been abused and they go back home and now there's elements and there's characteristics in them that are not being dealt with by the spirit of Christ. It's being dealt with by the spirit of the church. And so people learn to hide their sins really, really well. But it's never dealt with. There's never an internal dealing with who you are as a person. Now it's just simple that you're too scared not to show up on Sunday night because somebody will call you. You backslid. You know? Can I, can I tell you that, that where two or three are gathered together in his name, he's there in the midst. It's hard to backslide when you got Jesus wherever you are. Right? You know, the reason why some people call it backsliding is because Jesus never goes home with them. He always stays at the church and they leave him here. You ain't listening to me. 
That's because some of you have been ruined by religion. I said you've been ruined by religion. You don't leave Jesus anywhere. He's either with you all the time or he's not. He said, oh, I am always with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He's right there. So if you don't go to church on Sunday night, it's not that you don't have to, you know, forfeit the presence of God because the presence of God should be where you are. So it shouldn't be this man-made, culturized religion as to what makes you appear to be a Christian. Because if, if that's the case, then, then we're really missing the boat because the only time y'all ever appear to be Christian is when you come to church. Because on Monday, won't nobody recognize you. Don't you make me drop this mic. On Tuesday, they don't know who you are. They just know you're the same person that complains about having to do everybody's work like everybody else. They just hear everything come out your mouth, right? Somebody say, have mercy. Huh? No. We've made Christianity so, so soft, so weak, and it's not weak. Listen to this. John 6, 26 says this. Jesus answered him and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, who, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Now, crossing over, asking yourself, how does one really, truly transform their life? How, how do they change Jesus basically, as he was ministering to the multitudes, as he was going about doing good, he was feeding people. And let me tell you something. When you're hungry, really, really hungry, and somebody feeds you, and you feel like you can get a free meal, it does not necessarily mean that you love the person that is feeding you. You just love them feeding you. I'm going to say it again. It doesn't mean you love the person that is feeding you. You just love them feeding you. Right? Some people love church the same way. They get what they can from it, but they never give anything back. Huh? They love the, but it doesn't mean they love the person that's feeding. It doesn't mean that they're connecting. Jesus began to define it because he's such a good person. Jesus is going to be good regardless of how people respond to him. Are you understanding? Because he's just simply good. But just because he fed them doesn't mean that they loved him. See, it could mean I need something from you. But it doesn't mean I will love you for providing that for me. Are you listening? <laughs> Why do you need the Lord? I need him because I'm broke. I need him because... My marriage is crazy. My 
family's crazy. I'm a drug addict. I'm this, I'm that. Because we have the tendency to say to people, you need Jesus in your life. Jesus will fix your problems. Just come to Jesus and Jesus will handle what you just turn it over to the Lord and you will see that God loves you and that he will make everything right. And so they come and, and the preacher prays for them and like praise and miracles and they go back and then all hell breaks loose in their life and they go, oh, he didn't help me. It's been 45 minutes, dude. You have a lifetime of screwing up that you expect the Lord to go. All things work together for the good, those that love God. You first of all have to qualify for it. <laughs> you, I, to those who love Just because you want him to do something for you doesn't mean you love him. See, you can get used to all the manipulation. You can get used to all the motivation. You can get used to all the fancy I tell you, somebody ought to. You can, you can come up with all the cute phrases and all the cute sermons and everything in life that just makes, oh, I've been to church today. But it does not mean that you love the Lord. And no matter how much you hoop and holler, does it make you good? Hmm? I want to tell you, he's so good to us that if he never does another thing for us, we ought to worship him. No, no matter what, he, he's been so good to us that, that we ought to worship him. And it is a true test when you begin to go through something in life. Let me tell you something. How do you know who your friends are? I'll tell you how you know. When you're at your worst and when you're low as low can be, you will find out who will stay by your side and who will help try to kick you down. Scares the bejeebies out of me for people to say, I love you. I love you, Pastor. I'm like, oh, my God, please shut up. Don't tell me that. I wish I had a dollar for everybody that has told me that they love me. Huh? Yeah, love me right up to the time I tell you the truth. And then when I tell you the truth, you're like, who do you think you are? Can't tell me. God sent me a three-page email. I need to, because he didn't listen. And sure enough, I didn't even have to be a prophet to tell him, you know, hey, you're about to get a beat down. So I should send him a short email that just simply says, without saying a whole lot, I told you so. <laughs> nah. Nah, gave me a whole list of his credentials about why he didn't need any more of my advice. I'm like, you know what? You don't need it, 
and you sure won't get it. Because at the end of the day, I'm going home to my sweet wife. And you know what? Every, I'm going to be fine. I told one dude one time, I know, please. I'm like, you know what? Dude, when I go home, I'm like, you're the last thing on the planet that I'm going to be thinking about. I'm like, I'm going to go inside my house. I'm going to see my beautiful woman. And I'm like, I'm going to tell you what, about 9 o'clock, I'm going to go back, pull them covers back on that bed. Me and my beautiful wife going to crawl in that bed, and you're the last thing on the planet I'm going to be thinking about. Hallelujah. <laughs> he said, boy, you ain't got no sense. And I'm like, I might not have no sense, but I sure got a whole lot of peace. <laughs> right? And I ain't worried about all of that. You're going to always find people like that. Right? You cannot get past this mentality that God is calling you to a higher place. And that place has nothing to do with you existing in the church has nothing to do with you just holding on, trying to be good. Because God wants a transformation in your life. He, he's looking at transformation. See, some of you really truly need healing in your life. And his goodness will heal you. The difference between him and the rest of the people is he will never demand your love. He will heal you and let you walk away even if you don't say thank you. Do you think Jesus is up there with the Father going, I can't believe what they did. I healed all ten of them. And can you believe, Daddy, that only one of them jokers come back? You know what? I'm going to give them back their leprosy and I'm going to give them a set of hemorrhoids as well. I teach them people Mm-hmm. I got one cat coming back. He ain't even a Jew. Can't we get some more people? Huh? See, somebody don't do you right, Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you ain't God. Come on, somebody say amen. Huh? See, real salvation is when you stop looking at everybody else and you start looking within yourself. Huh? <laughs> you start figuring out, I'm pretty screwed up. <laughs> and I need you. <laughs> I don't need you every hour. I need you every minute. They should change that song. Right? Right? So then... When you truly grasp what it means, your life can change. Because it's not about you just coming to church and then becoming cultured like the church. Everybody look the same, dress the same, act the same, talk the same. Yeah. Come on, we should, we're, we're bigger than that, right? Uh, because God has great plans for your life. Every last one of you. There's no one exempt. Stop thinking that Spirituality belongs to everyone else. It does not. It belongs to each and every one of us. There's, there's this transformation that takes place that then allows the giftings inside of you to become something that the kingdom is receiving from.
whatever those gifts are. And when I look at you, I'm so thankful and I'm like, wow, such a beautiful, gifted group of people. Some of you have yet to discover who you are in Christ. That's my job to help you figure that out. To help push you. Not because I'm trying to be something. Because listen, I'm, I'm just trying to be obedient myself. Sometimes, sometimes, Lord, I was like, wow, this is a heavy load, you know. Because these people are crazy. <laughs> right? You know, I could just go open up my own restaurant, right? I could bypass you. I don't have to have you to exist in life. You understand that? I am not like some of these preachers that don't have options. I got options. I'm not helpless. My life has never been dependent on people. Do you understand that? If I leave this church tomorrow, I will not. I, I, I won't go under. You understand? That's why I don't have to have any fear. There is no fear. I have no fear. You understand that? If I got to be afraid to tell people the truth, I might as well quit today. Come on, somebody say amen. My life's not dependent on that. My life is dependent on God. Always has been. I've always worked. Ever since I've been in, I've been in ministry 20 some years. You know, I've always worked. I've always had a little side job. I'm not like Paul. He was a tent maker. You know why he was a tent maker? Because some of them Corinthians were stingy people. <laughs> Look, I don't, need, I don't need a $56 million jet to fly around. Are oh, you understand? Just at least pay for it, coach, okay? <laughs> I'm good. I don't, I don't, I don't need that. I, I, look, I will drive that truck that you guys, whoever all you are, that bought me that truck years ago. You, you know, when you first met me, I was driving that, that Chevy. Now, you might think it's ugly, but I love that Chevy truck. And see, unlike some of you, I didn't care if it got dirty. See, it's a truck. <laughs> True story. Oh, this guy, he got on my nerves so bad. And because and, and, and if he got one speck of dirt on his truck, he, 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 would, he would wash it. And so I deliberately, me and Matthew and Tim. Where's Tim at? Yep. I took him down that old muddy. I took him straight down that muddy path, didn't I? Nearly gave him a heart attack. We got history together, don't we, dude? I thought he was going to die. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's out looking in his truck, and he's like, ooh, it's muddy. And I was, I was on in, the, in, the, in the inside. I was going, yes, it's just muddy, dude. Then we went frog gigging. It's a true story. Sure did. I took it down the muddy path to go frog gigging. Yes, your pastor goes frog gigging. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, the, that's the time. We needed a bigger boat. It's a true story. So we, we, we were shooting them with 22s <laughs> up on the bank, you know, trying to stab them. And uh, uh, it was... There's a bunch of us in the boat, and the boat was too small, and so the boat started taking on water. 
Matthew shot at one of the frogs, and the frog jumped from the bank into the boat. <laughs> True story. If I'm lying, I'm dying. And so here's the big bullfrog going in the boat, and then all of a sudden, Matthew goes, whoa, whoa, and the bullfrog, no lie, had crawled up his britches legs. <laughs> So, oh, it was hilarious. And so Matt was, oh, about to turn the boat over. We're all about to drown. Matthew reaches his hands down his pants and grabs the bullfrog. And when he brings the bullfrog up and he's holding it, I'm like, I take the 22 and I'm like, hey, just hold <laughs> I don't know why I told him that story. That's a true story, though. But it all started with my, my mischievousness of trying to teach this dude a lesson. When you go frog gigging, you don't worry about how clean your truck is, people. All right? I don't care about all that. Listen, naked I come into this world. Naked I'm going out. All right? I'm thankful for my life. From time six, seven years old, where are we at? We're in a baca field. Hanging baca. It ain't an option. Seventh grade, I'm running down the street with a woman throwing papers. Pay for my first car. Paid all my insurance. I was 16 years old and still working in the baca field. grateful in the sense that there's something that comes from hard work that you just can't get when somebody hands everything to you. You'll see where I'm going. Pay for my food when my company decided to move to Mexico. I lost my job. Had to go on food stamps. Had a woman look at me and tell me she would rather me be a drug addict than be a preacher. And she left me. I got a one-year-old and a half son and a six-month-old daughter. And I got nobody to help me in this life. So I stand at the grocery store and I pay for my food with food stamps. I'm living in the projects. They spray my home for roaches and they go next door. Then when they spray her home, them suckers come back to live with me again. <laughs> I got nobody to wash my clothes. I got nobody to help me. something about when you are at your lowest that there's a transformation that comes into your life because when God's goodness begins to shine on you I can't speak for everybody else 
I just know that when he touched me, I could not help but to worship. I didn't need a band. I didn't need a singer. I was listening to Tammy Faye Baker on the radio. And she was singing a song saying, God's not through using you. And I fell on my knees and I looked up toward the heavens. And I simply said, you do with me what seems good in your own eyes. And I will worship you. And I made my mind up that I would not serve religion. I would not serve man. I wouldn't serve a culture. And I fell in love with Jesus. And from that moment to this moment, he has been nothing but good to me. Don't worry about what you don't know. Don't worry about what you know. Because the foundation for you to become enlightened doesn't come from all the many words and the philosophies and the teachings and all the little cute sayings and all the cute little sermonettes. Your foundation begins with what you love. Who you love. Because God can fix crazy. I said he can fix crazy. You can be as screwed up as a looney tune. And some of you are. You can be misinformed. You can actually be taught wrong. There can be all kinds of crazy in your life. But let me tell you something. Love for the Lord will you out and just one word from the spirit of the living God can open up your eyes and cause you to see like you've never seen before Paul was the most religious of the religious. He was taught by the best teachers that money could buy. He was of the tribe of Benjamin. He was the Hebrew of all Hebrews. He knew the Torah from front to backwards, but he did not know who Jesus was. And in the moment when Jesus appeared to him, he said these words, who are you? And he said, I am Jesus. And it's going to be pretty hard for you to kick against me. And all of a sudden, that light that shone was so bright that it formed scales on his eyes. And once he came into Ananias' presence, let me tell you something. God will always have someone in your life to point you in the right direction. He laid his hands on Saul. And the Bible says, 
those scales fell from his eyes. Everything he'd ever been taught, everything he ever believed, fell. And now his life truly began to change. Can I tell you that your life will stay the same until you truly fall in love with the Lord Jesus Christ? And there are some of you under my presence that those scales need to fall off your eyes so you can start seeing clearly for the first time in your life just who you really are in Christ. So that when you hear Jesus say, come and follow me, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Someone say, Pastor, how would you define yourself? I'm a fisherman, people. <laughs> Look at this motley catch that I have. Lord have mercy. <laughs> I, got, I got catfish. <laughs> Lord, yeah, I got trout. Woo! I got some tuna in here. Lord, thank you for the tuna. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got some tilapia. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> I got some organic. I got some. No, no. Right? Right? So who are you? I'm a fisher. I fish. I fish for a living. I fish. And let me tell you something. You are a beautiful group of people. And I absolutely adore you. And I love you. And I'm thankful for you. And together, we can change people's lives. For those of you that are on the fence, I want to tell you, fall in love with Jesus and your life will change. Right? Can I, can I, can, can I say one more thing? See, Following this guideline, when you get down on your knees because somebody said we need to pray an hour a day, right? So half of you that followed those instructions got down here. Thank you, Lord. I sure love you. Appreciate you. Thank you for my family. You ain't got a clue as to what to say to God. And so you spend all this time trying to come up with something that you can say to him. Because... Reading the Bible should never be just for memorizing scripture. It shouldn't just, when you read the Bible, you read the Bible for relationship first. Right? Because without the relationship, you will never truly have the knowledge. Because you can read scripture and bypass who Jesus is. Just because you quote scriptures does not mean you really understand them, right? So relationship is what's so important. Falling in love with the Lord Jesus Christ is the beginning of that foundation. Can you say amen? amen. Our worship defines who we are. Here's what keeps us in balance. So we don't forget about the goodness of the Lord. Say, why do you worship? You worship 
Because if you're not careful, you will take his goodness for granted. He can be so good to you that you start taking his goodness for granted. How many of you have ever had a situation where, like, I'm working on mine. So, I'm going to be honest with you. Mary Abigail is pretty spoiled. My kids should be really mad at me, right? I'm sorry, Kenny. <laughs> but she came after you, right? So how many, how many know that grandkids can be spoiled as well, right? right? Some of you let your grandkids get away. You, you smacked your own kid for it, but then eh, they leave that child alone. That's because you done got old and you don't care no more because they got to go home with somebody else. Right? <laughs> like you, you whack your own kid because your kid got to live with you. Right? So you can tell a kid can get to the point where they're not thankful. Right? Un- ungrateful. Well, can I tell you that Worship keeps you balanced in life so that you never forget where you've come from in this life. Real worship keeps you humble. Being in a position of authority should never make you arrogant. Like, who needs a word from the Lord? I got it. Step on up here and let me pour some oil over your head. And let the man of God touch you. My presence. <laughs> stupid. You're just stupid. I wish you would come to class so I could choke you out. <laughs> Dumb. Pastors, people in leadership should be the most humble people on the planet. Because the truth of the matter is, none of us are nothing without his presence. And let me tell you something. A shepherd who's too afraid to touch the sheep is a mighty poor shepherd. Hmm? I'm supposed to be okay with you stinking. Because sheep stink. You do know that, right? They stink. They stink. That's a smelly creature. How many of you have come into my office and stunk my office up before? Don't raise your hand. Huh? Like when you walked in, did I say, oh, my God, you stink. Go take a bath before you talk to me. No. You came in with all your stinkiness. Right? And we begin to talk. See if we can work it out. See, see what's, what's happening. Do you understand that the world needs you? They don't need your judgment. They need you. Huh? Hopefully, next week I'm going to talk to you about becoming fishermen of men. So that you can use all of your giftings, all of your talents. You can use everything that God has given you. 
to make a difference in people's lives. I have people who come to church because I choked them in class. <laughs> and they're old families. I have people who I have brought over to my home and fixed them meals. Trying to be good to them. I've helped people through some of the craziness in their life. Right? So you can use all of your giftings. I had a guy call me the other day that I'm working on a case. And he's like, dude, when I get out of jail, I'm coming to your church. <laughs> well, you'll feel right at home, dude. <laughs> I got a couple of people I want you to talk to. Right? Huh? You can use all your talents, all your giftings, everything that you are. I don't even mind saying this. Uh, my buddy back there I'm so thankful for you Tim got some history with him never knew that you could work on air conditions and stuff like that so I was helping you when you had another job and you didn't have that job and so at that particular point in time I was really screwed because there wasn't a whole lot you could do for me but now we helped each other through and he's the guy that fixes our air conditioning ain't God supernaturally smart This dude has saved us so much money working on our stuff that I can't even, let, let me say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's true. But when I was helping him, I wasn't getting anything out of him. Right? Entertainment. <laughs> right? I remember he said, you know, I'm really messed up. He said, I don't, he said, I'm probably not going to be able to take the microphone and preach to anybody. He said, but I can fix your air conditioning. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a good job for you, right? You can always find a talent. Do you know that the body of Christ is so versatile, so many different gifts? One of the sweetest gifts that I receive 